Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Do me a favor, subscribe to the John Comic Report. Wherever you get your podcast, you're watching on YouTube, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. You can find us there as part of Empire Media. That's A-M-P-I-R-E. Always much appreciated when you tune in. And of course, you can always read my work on ESPN.com. And don't forget, on Fridays, my son Matthew puts out Between the Hashes, a good preview of college football on Saturday. Check it out. He also gives his top 10, puts a lot of work into it. Very informed. Today, I'm joined by my ESPN counterpart, Mike Reese, who covers the New England Patriots. Now, I wanted to bring Mike on to talk about, obviously, about the Patriots, but they're two and six. Is this a huge game in the NFL? No, but I was curious with him, what's, what's Bill Belichick? What's his future in New England? We're not addressing any sort of silly rumors that are out there, but I am curious, like, what it, what's Belichick's? What's his status? What kind of, where's he at in his coaching career, right? Then we also talk about Christian Gonzalez. Washington had a choice with that pick. They chose Emmanuel Forbes. I know they looked hard at Gonzalez, and if Forbes hadn't been there, I think Gonzalez is here. But Forbes is here, and Gonzalez went there. Now he's out for the year, of course, but what kind of year was he having, and what do the Patriots think of him? So we get into all that, and I wanted to bring you that information because I think it's still pertinent. And you know, and I think for Mike's sake, I mean, Mike has been in the opposite situation that I've been in for many, many years where he was covering a team that was always winning. He's been to more Super Bowls than I've covered playoff games. That is kind of incredible. We've covered these teams about the same amount of time. So he's now in a situation where it has been difficult. So I was curious to hear about his thoughts, what it's like there. So I think you'll find it very interesting. Mike is one, Mike is one of our best reporters by far and does a great job covering the Patriots, offers great insight. So stay tuned for that. A um, couple of things from, from Thursday's practice and locker room, et cetera. Curtis Samuel was a DNP for a second day in a row because of his foot injury. If he doesn't play, it'll be the first game he's missed since 2021 when he had all that, the whole injury filled year. Um, without him last week, they use a lot of Jamison Crowder and Crowder certainly looked like he can still play. Like that dude can still get in and out of breaks, in and out of routes. So he's been a big, he's been as good a pickup as they've had this off season. I mean, seriously, who's better? Who's been better? Um, who's made more of an impact than Jamison Crowder? So they're lucky to have him. And he seems to have a fairly good rapport with Sam Howell. So good thing for them that he's here. You can also use, you can use, you know, Jahan Dotson, Jahan Dotson has been in the slot more this year. You can use De'Ami Brown and put Dotson slot. You got, you have uh, obviously Terry McLaurin on the other side. Um, the Patriots have done the last, they're, they have not been very good against pass, but I'll get into all that on, on, on the preview, or excuse me, on the prediction and key stuff. Anyways, just wanted to give you a quick update on what's going on. Nothing else. The big topic, of course, was the trades this week. Still a topic in the locker room. 
for, for the media talking to players, but players move on pretty fast. I mean, they really do because they're used to guys going in and out all the time. So as one, as Kendall Fuller said yesterday, it's a little bit like when a guy gets hurt, guys get hurt all the time. They're here one day. They're not the next Jamie, you know, Jeremy Reeves here one day, not the next. It happens to guys all the time. So they're used to that. They're able to move on and, you know, um, well, you know, so there you go. Anyway, that's it for me. So stay tuned for my conversation with ESPN Patriots reporter, Mike Reese. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mike, well, first, I'm used to covering a certain kind of level of football. You have not been. What is it like for you now? I mean, you covered years of success, and now it's year. Now it's been a couple years of struggle, and then this year, I think this is their worst start since 2000, right? That's right, 2000. Uh, Bill Belichick's first year. So what's it? Coach. What's it been like? So, so I would say the first thing I always say when people ask me that, John, because it's a popular question, yeah. is no one can complain if you've been in my position. When you've, when you've been to all those Super Bowls and seen the high level, the PhD of football that I like to say, yeah. like, you can't, compl- you can't sit here and complain, right? Like, that, you're the last person that can do that. So I'll start with that. Um, I would say it's been an adjustment, you know, like when you're not used to seeing a product that doesn't look great on consecutive Sundays. And I'm thinking specifically about the Dallas game in week four when Mac Jones, you know, sort of just sort of disintegrated with bad turnovers. And the next week at home, a shutout loss to the saints. So back to back blowouts where the game's over in the third quarter. And then to follow it up with a game at Las Vegas that, had the feel in the first half of a preseason game with the way both teams were playing. It just wasn't great to watch where I'll be honest with you, John, I'm sitting there in the press box in Las Vegas, beautiful stadium, always feeling privileged to do what we do, right? You're covering an NFL game, but you are saying to yourself, wow, this, this feels a lot different than what I've been used to. So an adjustment. It is an adjustment. And it's funny because I think I would have the opposite adjustment. Like, wow, someone asked me, what's it like to cover a good team for a few years in a row? But in fairness, I've only covered them for 30 years, so I shouldn't be too greedy. But but that is, but it is, it does, it does do it. And how how has the organization handled it? How has Belichick handled this situation? So I say one thing about Bill Belichick, I would say he's as consistent as they come, you know. So whether they win or lose. I, I don't notice much difference from him. 
Um, and I'd say that's been fairly the case, mostly the case this year. Um, as a reporter, John, like, you know, when you're dealing with the media relations staff, the locker room, like generally, like I would say here, I let me speak for myself, for the Patriots, like the staff has always been very professional and good to work with in the good seasons and even the seasons that, that haven't been so great. Obviously, this one's a, even worse than it's been in the past. The locker room's been great. I mean, they got a good group of guys. And I think for those listening to this that might be curious what life is like as a reporter, I think the the big takeaway would be like, you can have a winning team and it not be a great locker room. Right. You know, so this is, they got a lot of good guys with the Patriots. So whether they win or lose, and you're asking hard questions when they're losing, yeah. very professional and very receptive to, I'll give you an example real quick. Like their center, David Andrews in his ninth year, John, win or loss, he's the first guy at the podium after games, wears his heart in his sleeve, says it like it is. You know, like as a reporter, what more can you really ask right. for, right? They got a lot of guys like that. And, and you know, it's a good point too because people, you know, because I've been in in, the similar, in a similar for a few years, people ask how it's like. It's like, I actually, like the football side has been really easy to deal with. And when you have good access, when you have good people to deal with, then win or lose, it makes your job easier. And, and it can be, you know, more enjoyable. Like I know some of our reporters who covered really good teams who did not have a certain level of access. And it was frustrating for them as their teams were going deep in the playoffs. Whereas for me, it's like, you know, they've been very professional, been very good to deal with. So it does make, so it's not just contingent on winning or losing. I think winning always makes it more, you know, you get more attention, you get all that. But the professionalism of the staff, the players, makes a big difference. And John, like some people have asked me, well, has Belichick softened a little bit, you know, knowing that at two and six and, you know, dark clouds ahead and and the vultures are circling, if you will, you know, maybe he would take like a, a softer approach with the local media that's here every day, you know, that's asking him questions. And I would say it's the same bill, hmm. like just actually within the last hour. Uh, we had a news conference as we record this and it was as contentious and, um, you know, I would say, uh, you know, back and forth as we've had all year, you know, so no softening is what I'm trying to tell you uh, from Bill Belichick, which gets back to the whole point of how consistent I think he right. is with, with his approach, win or lose. Do you have a sense on his future there? So, well, do I have a sense? I mean, I guess I would answer it this way, John. You know, he's been here for 24 years, and I think in the owner, Robert Kraft's heart of hearts, he would love to see it continue and have him break Don Shula's all-time wins record as coach of the Patriots. I think that's what the owner really wants. But I think what the owner will ultimately do is measure it out. He has a saying, I before I cut, Measure it out. Measure nine times, cut once, I think is the saying. So we got to see how this season plays out. Right. John, if it, if it goes off the rails and there's no, you know, I mean, the fans, the way the stadium looks, I mean, they got a, a season finale against the Jets January 6th or 7th, I believe. I mean, if the stadium's half full and it, and the, the tenor around the team is feels like it's reached its end point, like, there's a chance. There's a chance that happens, you know. Um, but I do believe in his heart of hearts that he would like to see it work here. And it's just a matter of 
give it a little more time, see how this season unfolds, and then figure out the best decision for the team. So last question on Belichick then too, you know, what have been, clearly we know Tom Brady left and obviously he's the greatest, you know, one, if not the greatest of all time, certainly in the top couple, right? What other decisions or what other factors have contributed to the slide? So how much time do we have? (laughs) I know that's, that's a long, I'm just joking, John. I was, I was doing that for effect. Yes. Uh, The, the personnel's a factor. You know, I mean, obviously the quarterback's a factor, but it was it was trending in the wrong direction, even in Tom's last year here. I'll never forget this, John. And and in retrospect, I sort of questioned myself as a reporter. I'm going into my guide. It was 2019, Tom's last year here, and they were one, two, three, four. They were eight. No, and I think he referred to himself as the most miserable. Eight no quarterback, you know, or, or something like that. Or I remember there was a game at Philadelphia. Maybe they were nine and one at that point. They won 17-10. And he came to the podium after a win. And he w- it felt like a loss. Hmm. And the reason why was he knew the team wasn't wasn't equipped, wasn't didn't have the personnel to go where they needed to go. So Tom, so Tom knew you right at that point. That's why in retrospect, you right. play it back. You're like, Oh, that's why he was yeah. like that. Um, so it's a lot of personnel. You look at their drafts um, over a stretch of time. And the owner, Robert Kraft has referenced this. That's why they went on that big free agent spending spree right. a couple of years ago. So start with the personnel. And, and I think there's other factors you you know, lose Josh McDaniels, your offensive coordinator, you lose, you know, Matt Patricia, Brian Flores, you know, but that happens to all teams, right? right? Like, and but ultimately I think that's part of his personnel losing some of your trusted staff. Um, And look, the game's changing too, you know, and maybe there's a discussion to be be had as part of that, you know, like Mm -hmm. are the schemes they're running? Is it, is that today's NFL? You know, I've had some people around the league. I trust John. Tell me, hey, keep an eye on that. You know, look, mm-hmm. he's 71. He's been around. He's very steadfast in what he does. But this game might be changing a little bit. And so just put it all into the pot. And there's probably even more stuff to get to. Mm-hmm. But those are some of the first that that come to come to mind. So a couple more topics. Mac Jones. And, you know, here they're trying to develop Sam Howell. They want to use this year to see, is he the guy long term? Do they have that answer? Where 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 are the Patriots at with Mac Jones? And, and I before we start talking, point out Mike has a really good story on Mac Jones and the whole situation on ESPN.com. I'll tweet out a link to that before you probably even hear this. But anyways, your take on that. So this is a hot button topic here in New England. Because Quarterbacks always it, are. It always are, John, right? And it, yeah. it almost feels like you have to have an opinion. Like, oh, he's, right, he's right. still the guy. He still isn't. Let me tell you where I fall on. So I believe, and so – you and me are sort of similar age-wise. The, just to give the context, been covering football, Patriots, NFL since 1997 in various capacities. And over that time, in my experience as a reporter, I would say there's a certain manual or playbook that organizations, successful ones with young quarterbacks, have followed to develop them. Mm-hmm. All right? And I would say for Mac, the last three years, the Patriots have not followed that playbook. Some of it's their own doing, who you're surrounding them with right. in terms of receivers, all that stuff. Part of it's factors out of their control. Like if Josh McDaniels was 
he was the Josh McDaniels offensive coordinator Mac's first year when he was a Pro Bowl alternate and the arrow was pointing up on his career. Josh leaves to become Raiders head coach. Stuff happens. Right. But it so how so what how do you respond? Okay, new coordinator. Matt Patricia had never done it before. Right. Joe Judge, quarterbacks coach, had never coached quarterbacks before in the right. NFL. So take that. Now, now those guys are out this year. Now you got Bill O'Brien coming back. So like it's literally John. It's been three different offenses, mm. three different play callers. Like I just think from the manual of how to develop a young quarterback, they have not done him any favors. Now, that being said, Mac can help himself in certain ways, right? right? And there's certain things I think he would even acknowledge he can do better. So where do I stand? Where where do I fall? I go to the bottom line, John. They got to decide in May whether to pick up his fifth-year option for 2025. Like, I think right now, if you look at it, they probably wouldn't hmm. based on what we've seen. That could change. At, by the end of the year i mean and if they don't that doesn't mean he wouldn't be the guy going forward it just would mean they want more time to assess right and so that's where i think we are right now do i have it right i don't know but that's how i measure it out and obviously they have some issues at receiver now especially with kendrick born out and and just some issues there so what does mac do well and where where would you say you're still waiting to see this so so let me start with you're still waiting to see this part um, because that's the fresh stuff, John. Right. The turnovers have been a killer because it's not just turning it over. It's when he's doing it and what it's leading to. So give you an example. This last game, they're they're at Miami, and it's 14-7, two minutes left in the second quarter, and the Patriots have the ball deep in Miami territory, and um, they he throws an interception. It's like the one thing you can't do mm -hmm. because the Dolphins are getting the ball at the start of the second half. So instead of it being 14-10 or even 14-14 at half, it's 17-7 and the Dolphins are getting the ball. So it's just like bad decision, bad throw. Go back to the, the, the Cowboys game in week four. Interceptions turning into like literal pick sixes, fumbles returned for touchdowns. It's not just turning it over, it's turning into points right. for the other team. Right. Same thing with the Saints the next week. Mm. You know, just just desperation heave, pick six, and the whole team sinks. Yeah. As a result of it. So that's what he can do better. Gotta gotta eliminate the turnovers, right? Um, in terms of what he does well, he's so smart. Um, sometimes you almost wonder if he's too smart. Um, uh, I, I don't yeah, know if that can no, happen. No, can no, really I, I agree with that. I laugh because I, I know exactly what you're talking about. So there's that. Um, so I think he can read a defense, process what he sees, and generally get the ball where it needs to go. And it's why I come to this, John. Like, he might not be the guy. He might be the guy. I think he's going to have a long career. I just don't know what the ceiling ultimately will be. Um, but I would like to see him with like the Tua example, like, Right. We just they just played Miami. And two years into Tua's career, you could have the same discussion we were having. We're right. having right now about Tua. Look what Miami did. They went out, they surrounded him with some elite players, a an innovative offensive scheme. Now we're not having that discussion right. with Tua anymore. I'm not saying Mac equals Tua, but I would like to at least see sure. what it looks like with that type of investment and thought process. Absolutely. And then two more. Christian Gonzalez, we talked after the draft about why 
Washington passed him up and you know he's on the list, but they chose, chose Emmanuel Forbes instead. I know Gonzalez is hurt, but I also know he's off to a really good start. What was, what was he, what did he add? What was he doing? Well, looked like a, looked like he was on the way, John, of being a shutdown sort of number one corner. Hmm. Um, so that was tough. That was in the Dallas games week four. So he had been named, I think NFL rookie of the month yeah. for September. Um, Good ball skills, willingness to tackle, which was a knock on him right. coming out of Oregon. Um, so I think when you look at the future of the Patriots and and the core that they have to build around, he's near the top of the list. So it looks like they got a little fortunate, John, because they remember they, this wasn't like in the draft. Oh, we got Christian Gonzalez right. traded back right. from 14 to 17. And we're fortunate he was still there. But hey, take your breaks when you can get them. And now, you know, build guy to build around. And, and then the last thing, just when you look at you know, with, facing the commanders, um, where do you think that this the what are the Patriots doing well right now that you say this they could have problems that the Washington could have problems with this area? Because we know like Belichick against young quarterbacks, how he's been in the past. But where is it that you feel like they might be that they might be able to hurt this team? I mean, and listen, let, let me say this. They're three and five, so there's probably a few areas, but I'm just curious, like, yeah. where are some areas that the New England's doing really well that they're going to have to contend with? So, so John, offensively, it's hard to really hang your hat on anything. Right. I will tell you, I think they have two really good backs in Ramondre Stevenson yeah. and Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah. You, you know Zeke well from seeing him a couple times a year when he was with the Cowboys. Like, that's been a neat story. Signs a one-year deal here, and he's got life in his legs still, and he's been, a, you know, good guy in the locker room so like that would be one thing offensively even though we haven't seen it consistently uh because the offensive line struggles they've had um that would be offensively i say defensively they when they're at their best and they certainly weren't this last week against miami um they they can do some things scheme wise to put a lot of stress on an offensive line in terms of you know who's coming who isn't coming they got a lot of versatile pieces um and so Again, if they put it together, John, and they're at their best, you know, you mentioned Christian Gonzalez. They don't have him. They don't have Matthew Judon, who's been their leading sack guy the last couple of years. But I still believe they have talented players if they put it together. Like those two are their best. I'm not going to lie to you. So that's right. a hit. That's like taking out Sweat and Young in a lot of ways, as I sort of look from afar. Like your lo commander's losing two of their best, right? When you take them out of the mix, is that fair to say? Or am I? It's, I, it's, I think talent, talent wise, it's fair to say impact wise. I think they, there's a feeling certainly in some parts of addition by subtraction. Gotcha. Yeah. And that's, and that's great insight and why I would always defer to you. But they're the highly talented and can be productive and can make play. So it's, 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 it's a really kind of a balanced discussion on that. Like when, if we want to go down, if we went down that road, like yeah. this is what they do yeah. well. But this is why, especially in Young's case, why they were willing to part with a third for him. There you go. And so so to, to wrap it up, I would just say offensively, Stevenson and Elliott are two of the best things they have going. Uh, but the offensive line has been a major issue. So they haven't got going, really. Right. But the, I believe the potential is there and the ability to sort of spin the dial defensively um, with their versatile pieces if they put it together, which hasn't always been the case. Right. Mike, you're the best. I appreciate you joining me and I'll see you on Sunday. Looking forward to it. Have a great trip up here. Uh, always great connecting with you. First time you're coming since 2015, John. How about that? I looked at that I, this morning. I know. And, and I will say, we're already talking about the clam chowder.
There you go. There, there you go. You got to have it warmed up for you. That's right. That's right. Thanks, man. That's it for this episode. Thanks to Mike for joining me. And thank you, as always, for tuning in. I'll be back Friday night slash Saturday morning with my prediction and, a, and, and, and the keys to the game for Sunday's game between the Commanders and the Patriots. I'll talk to you.